Hello and welcome to Rights Now. I'm very excited to have you back today for our first podcast series on women's rights. You won't be surprised if we say that gender equality is at the very heart of human rights and United Nations values. From the beginning, the UN's charter mentions the right to equality between men and women thanks to feminist activists and all their work. Gender-based discrimination is prohibited under almost every human rights treaty. But despite much progress made in securing women's rights globally, Millions of women and girls continue to experience discrimination and violence, being denied their equality, dignity, autonomy, and even life. This discrimination and violence against women and girls, deeply rooted within society, is persistent and systematic. With our guests, Nicola Burnia, Zena Najjar, and Rana Husseini, we will go in-depth into the laws and norms that prevent women from enjoying their rights. We will try to understand the different mechanisms involved. Let's give them a voice. Hello, my name is Zaina Najjar. I'm 20 years old and I'm a student at the University of Jordan. I work as a business development specialist in a global company. And recently I enrolled a training in Amman Center for Human Rights to further my understanding of human rights issues and their impact on society. My name is Ran Husseini. I'm a senior reporter for the Jordan Times. I'm also author of two books on women in Jordan and the world, and I'm also a human rights activist. Uh, so my name is Nicola Burnia. I'm the country representative for UN Women here in Jordan. UN Women is one of the UN agencies. We actually, the youngest UN agency, were created in about 2011, uh, with the goal to really promote gender equality and the empowerment of women. It's a wonderful task also because our executive director, the big chief of UN Women, is a Jordanian woman, uh, Dr. Sima Bahous. She's the first Arabic woman to lead a UN organization. So this is a wonderful uh, thing for the country. And, um, and I also lead basically all of our programs that we implement here in the country with our partners, civil society, and of course, the government of Jordan. I believe in the power of the voice of women. I believe that when we work together, then it's really easy for us to achieve our goal. When I was in SWAT, only few of us were speaking, but still our voice had an impact. And now, not only I, but millions of girls are raising their voice and they are speaking. So I believe that through our voice, through raising our books and our pens, we can achieve our goals. Much of the money is spent on making tanks, on making guns. Much of the money is spent on soldiers. We need to spend the same money on books, on pens, on teachers, and on schools. So the governments must take an action. They don't do one thing with your daughters. And that is, do not clip their wings, do not cut their wings and let them fly 
and give them the equal and the same rights as your sons have. Accept them as human beings. You just heard the women's rights activist Malala Yousafzai at the World Bank headquarters in Washington, where she advocated for the importance of girls' education in Pakistan and worldwide. The 2014 Nobel Peace Prize winner nearly paid for her commitment to women's rights education with her life. Education is a stepping stone to other basic human rights. The right to quality education is already firmly anchored in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and in international legal instruments, the majority of which are the result of the work of UNESCO and the United Nations. The Convention Against Discrimination in Education of 1960 is the first instrument fully devoted to the right to education. It lists the measures that a state must implement in order to eliminate and prevent discrimination in education. To date, this convention has been ratified by 109 states. The, the very basic in terms of guaranteeing the ability of women to, and girls to enjoy all of their rights it starts with education. So education is the fundamental pillar. When you talk about women's rights, uh, girls' education, women's education is absolutely key. And we often talk about girls' education, of course, but you know, we have to remember that for a lot of girls who drop out of school um, for a variety of reasons, they become women. And so there's also a very important right of the education of women to be able to com go back and complete education that they would not have been able to finish. There's been a lot of progress globally uh, in terms of women's education and girls' access to school, uh, but we're far from being in a perfect uh, situation. And there's still over 120 million girls right now, today as we speak, that are not attending school and should. Um, this being said, education is one of the fields in which Jordan, and girls' education is one of the fields in which Jordan has really made tremendous progress. Jordan has a staggering women literacy rate of over 97%. This is you know, some of the best literacy rates in the world. And uh, parity in school, in primary school, between boys and girls was actually reached already early in the 1980s. Um, so, so Jordan's quite ahead of the curve. And actually, if you look at secondary education, you'll see that um, girls are more advanced and more enrolled than boys. Uh, it's about 10% of girls tend to not be enrolled in higher education in Jordan for 15% of boys. So there's a difference, and there's actually what we call a reverse gender gap, in the sense that also in terms of the results achieved in school, uh, in Jordan, girls are ahead of boys in reading, in math, and in science. By the way, math and science is something that's uh, happening in the region, but Jordan is one of the first with the highest reverse gender gap. The number of enrollment is very high, which is very important, but I always believe that the quality of what comes in the school textbooks is not great. First of all, uh, school textbooks are filled with stereotypical images of women. It doesn't encourage creativity or innovation uh, or thinking. It only focuses on uh, students memorizing, you know, what is in the books or what is being said to them by the teachers. Yeah, stereotypical images of women, mainly uh, women have limited roles in the school textbooks. They're either housewives or doing minor things, uh, while men are always, uh, boys, men are always portrayed as leaders, uh, decision makers, thinkers, uh, 
you know, even the language of the school textbooks, it's male oriented. Um, some uh, some female academics did the study on the school textbooks, and uh, they said even the questions, you know, like when there's a smart uh, question, it's directed towards uh, for for boys. If it's a shallow question, it's directed to girls. So I think this is really really. Uh, problem and this has been a problem for over 40 years and it's something that I've been advocating for also to work on the education system because I think most of our problem in Jordan and in the area because most of the education uh, system is the same uh, based on the same uh, methods you know methodology Uh, and I feel that also not only the school textbooks but you have the teachers who I believe are the victims of these uh, school textbooks because they studied stereotypical curriculum and they are conveying what they studied to the students. So it's a it's a problem, and I think this is one of the main things that I have been calling for. So for me, okay, yeah, well, you know, they always boast, oh, we have a high number of women and en- girls enrolled, we have a high number of this or that. But I mean, if you don't have good quality education, it doesn't mean a lot. Personally, I got a really good education. So we have we had some classes. It's just to talk about not not specifically about the women's rights but about like the gender the stereotypes the discriminations prejudice and uh, these topics so we have discussed it with uh with specialists who worked in our school so there were uh campaigns to aware uh, the students so uh, I don't think so in every single school in Jordan, especially the public schools, talking about these topics. As I told you, it's not common in Jordan, in Jordanian schools. And I think that girls' education is often impacted by cultural and societal factors. Efforts have been made to ensure that girls are treated equally to male peers at school, at university, whatever. However, despite these efforts, there are still some instances where girls may face discrimination or unequal treatment, such as in access to resources or opportunities, or in culture attitude towards um, their education and future career paths. For example, okay, let me explain it by examples. Some families may say the the education for their male children over their female children or discourage girls from pursuing certain field of study or careers. One way to raise awareness about women's rights in schools and school programs would be um, to uh, incorporate like to make more campaigns, to talk more about the gender, the women's rights inside the schools, like inside the lectures, with a safe environment. At university, we also see very good and very high rates of enrollment of, uh, of young women. But we do start seeing interesting trends that are maybe not as uh, progressive as what we see in uh, high school. So. You know, one of the fields that we look a lot right now with the United Nations, especially the year, you know, the theme of this year, International Women's Day, was um, technology and innovation. And globally, we see that only 30% of STEM students um, are women, or girls. Um, 
And if you take numbers like engineering, it's only 28%. Uh, artificial intelligence, it's only 20%. Jordan fares a little bit better in the sense that if you take science in general, you know, pharmacy, medicine, uh, biology, you have about 60% of students are women. But if you look at the tech side, engineering, same thing. Jordan has the level of the, the world, only about 28% of the engineering students at university are women. And for computer science, it's about 45%. Now, this is important because, of course, we have to look at where the world economy is going, where Jordan's economy is going. And we know that, um, that technology is really you know, the way of the future. So it's really important to ensure that we don't have uh, what we call kind of like a, a digital gender gap going forward. I think, you know, when we look at all the positive around education of girls in Jordan, we also have to remember that not everything's perfect. Um, there are still specific obstacles uh, that girls face or that girls and boys face due to socioeconomic reasons. So there still is early marriage in Jordan. And uh, systematically, studies show that one girls drop out of school because they're being uh, married young. Um, the likely, likelihood of them going back to school later is basically pretty much zero. So um, that's a problem. The other problem that we still see is that, of course, the quality of education or, or the, the, the results that girls get in school varies depending on their socioeconomic background. Right? And you have very strong documented um, difference of, of outcomes, different of performance between girls coming from wealthy environments, obviously a man, West a man, and girls, you know, going to school in some of the poorer areas of the country. So that's also something that we need to uh, take into account. Now, that would be the same for boys. Uh, but I think, you know, we need to, to remember that as we think about what uh, equitable uh, access to, uh, to, to education um, is. And of course, you know, uh, we have to think about um, education for refugee uh, and for refugee girls, you know, for which access to education is even more complex than for Jordanians. And the government of Jordan has been fantastic to really opening the education system to the, the refugees and has been very, very supportive in comparison to what we see in not many other parts of the world. But yet, there, you know, we also have to recognize that this is uh, an added obstacle for them. So in, in terms of the sort of like political will and the legislation around education in Jordan, um, we do see a commitment from the government to ensure gender parity. And, and basically, you know, the, you would not be able to reach the level of girls' education without real political commitments and without a system that promotes it. Um, so the Ministry of Education recently, in 2018, adopted a comprehensive education strategic plan which really aims at ensuring inclusive, equitable, and quality education for all. Um, and that's really important because you know, that just translates the commitment of governments. What's interesting is that as part of that plan, they have uh, a gender strategy. So they've really understood the need to have a specific focus on gender. And they started creating units to look, for instance, at how gender responsive the curriculum is. Um, and this is some work actually that young women we've been privileged to do with the Ministry of Education to help them develop tools to review the gender responsiveness of their curriculum. And I have to say, just to be very frank, that the curriculums as they are, are very far from being gender responsive and gender sensitive. They still transmit, carry and teach 
to students a lot of discriminatory facts and, and ideas. You know, they still the, the, the old perceptions about what the, the roles of women and men are supposed to be, etc. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But we do see that political will being there. I mean, these are uh, small but very, very critical uh, issues, you know, that, uh, you know, the government needs to pay attention to. This is, يعني, we've been calling for the longest time, uh, for me, activists, women, everyone who understands the value of education. We've been calling for revamping the whole education system. Now they're, they're, uh, they are saying that they are doing it, but we have yet to see the results. Uh, again, my problem is not the quality, the quantity, but the quality of education. As I said, you can have uh, a female uh, uh, graduating every year from high schools, uh, uh, and the enrollment is very high at universities. But uh, when you come to the labor market participation, you see that there's a very low number, which is rose between around 14%. So it's 13.9, 14.1, 14%. So it's very, very low compared to the uh, amount of uh, females who are graduating. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll meet you next week for our next episode, Labor Force, Where are the Women? Feel free to share it and follow ACHRS on our socials. See you soon.